to your favorite podcast de-influenced cringe cringe it is one of the cringiest things we do um how's it going well i feel like if i don't just address the obvious that we can't do this podcast okay address it (laughs) you know we weren't just fighting um we only have an hour to record this we weren't fighting it was we were talking about something tense yeah and so we're we're okay but like you were riled up yeah i was just in general and i here's the thing Two things. Mm-hmm. When you walked in the room, you said, how's it going, everyone? And I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm really frustrated, but I'm not going to say it. And yeah, so, I could tell the energy was already there. Yeah, so I was like, I'm not going to say anything. And then you brought up what I was frustrated about, like without me even hinting at it. Mm. And I was like, <gasps> and so then it got me riled up. And then when I was trying to communicate to you why you literally cut me off every single time I started my sentence. I've gotten this feedback before. Like, no, oh, but I was like, Okay, the first time, you know, come up the second time, the third time, I was like, okay, you did it five times. So then I got frustrated. I was like, Jordan, listen to me. I know. Have you noticed you've been doing that? I've gotten this feedback. From who? Um, Teresa. Really? Yeah. She said, hey, listen, you're a really great leader, but you want, she was like, "I, I need you to hear this. Like, you cut people off a lot. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I feel so seen because you cut me off a lot. <laughs> I get so excited and I, I think that what happens in my brain is it's not that I don't care what you're saying. No, it's, I don't feel like you care what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. This is, well, mostly who I deal with are females too. And so like that, I think that that's how well, I make you feel. Mm-hmm. But in my brain, I... It's like I, I I comprehend the point, and so like I don't need you to say the rest of the sentence. Like I want to speak back to your point, and sometimes I just get so excited, like about like we're talking about something that like I just I want a steady stream. It's really selfish. I'm sorry. Or it's like if you have a joke or something, like you want to say the joke before I even. But yeah, mm-hmm. it it's moving it was, too fast. I need to slow down. It is was what people extremely tell me. frustrating. I, I just experienced like 20 minutes ago. I will say just for clarity, what she was frustrated about had nothing to do with me. And it was, but it was serious to her. And it was a- I brought it up. I literally walked in the room and I go, I'm ready to get silly on this podcast. And then I was like, Oh, I heard about this. And it was like the exact, it was just a, I stepped on a landmine and it just exploded. Yeah. We can. Okay. I was going to say what it's about, but I, no, Yeah, well, I was going to be more general than, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not worth it. Not worth so, it. So, so I just needed so to address you, that. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel. I I was like, hey, I I can't record this, but we only have this hour before we leave for LA, and I was like, we have to do it. And Danny was like, let's push through. And I'm usually like the one that's like, no, I can't do it. And so this is the only way. This was therapeutic. But I should we here touch my hand? Yeah. Well, let's stare into my eyes for three seconds. One, two, three. Ugh. We're good. Honestly, let's get silly. Well, what's interesting about being content creators or like this dynamic of working with your husband is sometimes like you're not on the best page and you still have to push forward. Yeah. And I don't say that, I don't think that happens often, but I feel like when it does happen, it's very difficult for us because I feel like we are trying so hard to be authentic and to be real and like just show our lives. 
So it's like if we showed up on this podcast and we're like, hi, everything's good. It would be so like inauthentic. Yeah. And so the downside of that is that we have to explain to the audience that we were not fighting, but, you know. No, like there was a, a time in our Cordell podcast where I, I tapped you. Yes. And Danny was thinking that I was like reprimanding you. And what I was trying to say was like, hey, like, you know, don't don't yeah. say filler words. Like she was like, yeah, yeah. And that's really hard to edit. And so I was like doing that. And so it just like that was mid episode. And we have two guests. No, but I so we had to recover. No, I but I wasn't thinking like you were mad at me. I thought maybe I, I said something wrong that you were embarrassed by. No. Like you were like, hey, because yeah. I all I saw was like, don't talk about that. That's what I heard. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I said something bad. Dynamics are hard. That's all. And, it, yeah. and it's all real time. So it's like, you know, what can you do? What can you do? OK, well, I feel better. You do? Yeah. That's what else? Good. What else is going on? How, how are you feeling this week? Um, Should we talk about skydiving? Yeah, I mean. It's been a weird, a weird couple days for me post skydiving. Yeah. I mean, you loved it. How did you feel first? Because mine was the opposite. So we went skydiving with the Cordles. The way this all kind of came about was um, we started following them. Maybe was it maybe like a year ago? I don't, honestly don't even remember, but they popped up for me a lot. And they're just the most precious, sweet couple. And so I've always wanted to meet them. And, um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out this podcast, if I want to have guests, if it's my podcast, if it's our podcast. And, um, and I've done, I guess I did one interview before the Cordles, and it went fine. Like it was great, but I was like, man, I feel like for next time I would love to interview a couple. So they were kind of my dream couple and we reached out to them. They were like, absolutely. We'll come visit you. We'll have a day in Dallas and um yeah we'll do the podcast together so it kind of coincided with this uh, like separate idea that we had to do a divvy drop so i facetimed her never really met her before just like you know dms and stuff and i'm like hey are you afraid of heights and she's like yeah but why <laughs> so we kind of mixed the two and we went skydiving and like I'm not kidding you when I say it was probably my favorite thing I've ever done in life. Yeah. Besides having it. my kids, like I loved it. I would go right now. I would go every weekend if I could. Yeah. But the only thing that kind of freaks me out about that is the probability of something going wrong increases when you go more. Yeah, but the probabilities, like I think people think it's really, really dangerous and well, I, I don't like see it like that. Well, then why did you have a panic attack? <laughs> Dude. And the well, just to round out that point, I mean, most of the instructors have jumped 5,000 times. So my instructor was like the chief instructor. Like he taught all the other instructors. And he this was his 4,990th jump. Yeah. So when I saw that, because he had logs them all, I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. And he, I was like, how many times have you gotten today? He's like, three. I'm like, okay, so I'm just like another one. And he said, no one's ever died tandem. Typically how people die is when they just do stupid tricks too close to the ground yeah. and they just like run into the ground. It's not because like a parachute doesn't come out or something like that. You know what I never asked them though is if they had a backup parachute. They had to. I'm sure that's like a regulation. I don't know. You don't think so? Where would I they think fit that it? Those parachutes are huge. I think that there's always a backup chute. Where would they put it? 
they have their backpack. I think what would happen is if it didn't come out, like when you pulled that string, they would have to manually get out of their backpacks. That's a great question. Yeah. That's okay. scary. I mean, yeah, I hated, uh, well, I, I hated all but about five seconds of that experience, if I'm being honest. What was going through your head? Because I know that you, there was a turn of events. Yes. When we were like in the air, when we were uh, in the airplane. This is very me, but I was like not worried about it. No big deal. Get in the plane, been in a plane all the time, grew up on planes, like no big deal. Yeah, it, but this is a different kind of plane. Yeah, no kidding. It was the minute, so they had, we had an altimeter on our wrists and I look out the window. You should tell them what that is. An altimeter basically is like, how high are you, right? Mm -hmm. And so you are going to be jumping at 14,000 feet, okay? And so the dial is for every thousand. So when I saw, I looked out the window and I was like, man, we're really high. It's crazy. We're going to be jumping this high. And I realized that my altimeter only said six, which means that we were less than halfway there. <laughs> that is the moment. I think you probably started to see panic in me. I looked over to him and he goes, what? And like the type of like inflection you had with your voice was like, just something that was so genuine and, and fearful and real. It wasn't like, wow, it was like so fearful. And then I, I started to see the color like lose, like yeah. you were losing color in your face in the airplane before you even jumped, in my opinion. And the thing about, I guess I'm like noticing this about myself is that I really go into panic attacks when I think about the fear of going into a panic attack. <laughs> So it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't have a panic attack. And then I'm like, but what if I have a panic attack? And then I'm like, am I having a panic attack? And then suddenly it all just becomes real. Well, you're also, sorry, our garage door keeps yeah. opening. I don't know. They're Who like, is leaving? <laughs> um, but you're also someone that is like very sensitive to your yes. surroundings, whether it's the sun or a medication or fruit snacks, fruit, too much sugar. Jordan is very sensitive to it all. Like I could eat like cheese all day long, fruit snacks, sugar, and like, I'm good. And Jordan is like, just, why are you laughing? I was just thinking about, should we tell the story of that one time? Did we not tell it already? No. No? <laughs> no, we can't. We can't, sorry. Okay, yeah, anyway. Too much. Um, but, uh, People so can probably hear what you, you like mouthed it, but you kind of said it. Oh, whatever. Um, it was only one time. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, I, I really freaked out. The guy who was my flight instructor was a former Marine, had a huge beard, tattoos, and was just like very like yeah. bro, you know? Yeah. And so I was really just trying to like play it cool. And I was like, yeah, no big deal. Like, this is going to be great. He's like, are you afraid? And I was like, no. <laughs> and inside I'm I'm really freaking out. And the second point, so we're at 14,000 feet. I can't even see the ground anymore. We're so far above the clouds. They open the door and Hunter is sitting right there. <laughs> and I, watching, I went last, watching my friends and loved ones jump out of that airplane <laughs> was just a next level experience for me where I, I was like, it's like I didn't even comprehend that there was going to be life after we jumped out of that airplane. Like I was like, okay, we're just jumping to our desk. Like, okay, bye Hunter. And so when I got there and I jumped, 
I, I don't know how to explain the experience. Like they, they said this, they were like, you're never going to be able to comprehend or explain the experience of skydiving, but well, the jump, especially. the jump, especially there's this moment where your stomach drops, just like you're on a roller coaster, but that subsides <laughs> after like five or 10. I think I'm doing a really good job explaining this. I just, my stomach just, uh, flips I don't know. I'm like, re it's hard because Danny, Danny was asking for me to watch videos and of like she's like oh watch these videos and I, I truly I truly couldn't like I like even right now talking about it, it's like true PTSD like I, we've been canceled on the internet we've gone through all the like there's PTSD in our brains I the way that skydiving has affected me like you would have thought I've like gone to war yeah. And like seeing some stuff like it's like that type of he, so reaction. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. So I'm not even being funny here. The next day he was kind of traumatized. He kept, he, he was like, I need to talk about it. He's like, I feel like I committed a sin. I like, know. I he felt like God was like, I was like, <laughs> like, no, Jordan, you're not supposed to see the sky from that or, you know, the ground from that angle. You like, know what? And I stand by it. I'm like, God created birds <laughs> and then he created humans. And we're trying to break the species barrier by flying through the sky. Like it, it really felt wrong it felt wrong i was like did i sin see i feel almost the exact opposite so i had the most wonderful wonderful man that i skydived with like his name was david he was so comforting he was actually giving me like inspirational quotes like on the airplane like you know how i am with inspirational what? quotes he's like he said uh he goes one thing about great you don't conquer greatness without conquering conquering fear like something like that and i'm like yeah like da, da, da. or you don't you don't achieve greatness without like conquering fear and um so i'm like yeah and david's like girl i got you i, I like i've done this five thousand times like this is going to be the best day of your life like he's just pumping me up and i'm honestly like i never had that fear moment i was almost numb i think i was numb but i will say when i saw hunter cordell jump out of the airplane his jump he kind of looked like he got suctioned out almost and maybe it's you just all did it's almost because i f it was probably the first time i've ever seen someone jump out of a plane it didn't feel like he fell out or jumped out it feels like it was like you know yeah it's like oh he's gone like there he goes and like i hope he's okay and then it's like man these poor people that we just met today we invite them to go skydiving like we're responsible for everyone you know so like that that was like probably my biggest fear was more for the other people but when i tell you when I lined up at the end of that plane and I jumped, like the minute I would say within half a second, I was like, this is the best like thing in my life. Like, and whenever we were free falling, I was scared of course, but I like loved it. I felt safe still. And then when he did pull the parachute, I felt the opposite. Like I felt like I got to see God's creation in a way that most people don't get to see it because he took me not in the clouds, but like, basically it felt like we were walking on the clouds. Like it was the craziest. It's almost like I was in a dream, you know, you know, those dreams where you dream that you're flying yeah. or you're like in the sky or, you know, in cartoons or walking on the crowds. That's exactly what I saw. And I was just like, I was blown away at how beautiful it was and how crazy it was. Like it almost makes me feel like, wow. I haven't been living life. So I was like super inspired by it. Even like, even whenever I was hanging there, it's so scary, but I, I wasn't like, I'm going to die. When I was hanging, whenever he, the parachute finally came out and, you know, he let me steer the parachute. I got to go left and right. And 
Um, no, it was just like the best experience. Yeah, I mean, like so how you feel about uh, paintballing? That's no, how I feel about skydiving. No, not even close. You know, da- so so David's giving you like inspirational quotes. You want to know what Solomon told me? <laughs> yeah, he told me that we really had to be careful around the clouds because I would drown in them. <laughs> That's what Solomon told me. He goes, yeah, you know, clouds are just water vapor. We've had people drown in the clouds. Oh my gosh. See, that would have And he's me. kidding. Like, he's obviously kidding, oh. but I'm like, what? Like, but those are the types of jokes. He was like, yeah. just stacking my panic. And so, well, he ended up paying for it because I'm strapped to him. And, you know, by the time that we land, I'm a limp noodle. Well, like, they tell you, so Jordan said he had this, like, you know, the, the, the black hole creep in and yeah, close. Yeah, like when eyesight. you pass out, it's like that, that, that you, you're like, oh my gosh, the light's closing in. <laughs> I was, so, so Solomon, we pulled the chute, right? And first of all, in the air, I want, I want you to know this too. In the air, I, he was like, do you want to pull the chute? And I said, yeah, I want to pull the chute. This was before we even took off. And so I'm like watching my altimeter and I don't really know what happened because it all happened so fast. When I, he's tapping me, when I look at my altimeter, I think it said like six, which is when you're supposed to pull it. So he pulls it though, because like I don't do it. And so we're like flying through the air and also cruel joke. He goes, (laughs) he goes, he goes, man, that was close. You forgot to pull it. And I go, where did I pull it? And he goes, man, I had to pull it for you at four. And I was like, bro he's kidding he's messing with me but he he thinks because i had projected oh dude i could be in the marines too yeah like we're we're cool like i'm not scared at all because i had projected that he's messing with me but internally you have to be authentic i'm suffering so so when he pulls and i i think you remember this like Mm -hmm. it gets really tight on your crotch Mm -hmm. and this is where the panic attack started so it gets really tight and all I can think about looping in my head is like, what if I slip out? What if I slip out? It feels really tight and I'm so high above. I'm like seeing the clouds and then he's like, okay, give me your hand. Give me your hand. And he puts them in the strings and he's like, you want to drive? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) like almost like it's starting to close in at this point. And he's like, okay, pull hard left. And I like have no strength and I like pull and he's like, okay, let me help you. And then, and we just do a total like 90 degree yeah. angle left and like I see you and you're just spinning down <laughs> like like straight spiraling down and I he does that and I hate that they cut all this footage because it would probably have been really funny but I go hey why don't you uh why don't you drive but listen I need to take the chill path down I was like I'm not feeling so great and he goes okay buddy no worries no worries and about 30 seconds goes goes by and I I become more limp and the light really starts to close in. And I go, hey, Solomon, I go, how much longer till we hit the ground? I was like, I think I might pass out. And he goes, we got about a minute left. And that minute was, the longest minute of your life. was truly the longest minute I think I've ever experienced in my life because I'm feeling <laughs> nauseous. Everything is, is caving in and all the thoughts swirling my mind is like, if I throw up, does it go up? Does it go down? Does it hit Solomon? I'm also like, he's a Marine. I was like this, like no one else is going to pass out. Everyone's having fun. Like I need to have fun. You know, like those thoughts just start spiraling and looping. And it's like truly out of a movie where he's like, okay, buddy, I'm going to count down 10, nine, eight, as we like go down, like, and we're about to land on the ground and he goes, okay, legs up, legs up. And by that point I was so close to passing out that he had to grab his feet and push my feet up. And (laughs) 
I see everyone else, like you land, you're like laying on your foot and you're like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. And if you like looked over at me, I I'm literally you. just laying there. And he was like, they were like, okay, yeah, just lay there for a second, buddy. And uh, so it was just a, it was an interesting experience. But yeah, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm saying this genuinely, like it's a memory and an experience that like, I wish I didn't have. Like I, if I think about that airplane door opening and I see a video, I, panic. It, I panic. Like I, I can, it's almost like an, I can, I'm triggered. Like I can feel the anxiety in my heart right now. Yeah. And I just like, I just, you know, I wrote in my journal, I just said, I'm sorry, God, I'm, you didn't create me to be a bird. <laughs> I broke thy will. You know what? Um, when I was little, what, you know, when your parents would ask you what you want to be when you grow up, yeah. Do you know what my answer was? I think you said a bird. I wanted to be a bird when they grew up. I know, babe. And you were just such a good bird up Dude, there. Dude, I was birding. You were such a like, good bird. He was like, let's do a flip. And I'm like, yeah. Like, we were doing multiple flips. Like, oh, I just, I want to do it again. I would just never do it by myself. Oh, but um, gosh. I'm sorry you had that experience. It's uh, okay. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate. I do think the After girdles, all is said and done, let me say one last thing, though. You're happy you did it? Yes. And I, I do think that everyone should do it at least once in their life. I don't know. For me, I'm like, do it once in your life. If you find a really good place, you know, very professional. We went to Sky, uh, Spaceland, Spaceland, Skydive, Spaceland, Dallas. Yeah. And it was so professional, like super clean facility. Just like they, the way that they, they like. I don't know, took care of us. I felt so good, so confident. Yeah, and I just in case Solomon, my buddy, listens to this podcast. Yeah, he's like, my favorite podcast is D-Influenced by Danny Austin. <laughs> Which is like, it is low. He was great. Like, I was not being authentic. He was just messing around. He no, thought he that great. we were vibing. Like, but he he slid, you know, they give you a logbook and he was like, it's like a really sentimental moment because most people go skydiving to conquer their fear and they sit you down. They're like, hey, you did so great, buddy. Here's here's what a logbook is. They were like, a logbook is like you record every jump. I sign it because I jumped with you. He was like, do you want to sign it? And I go, Solomon, I, I'll never do this again. I, I said, I'm sorry, you did great. But I was like, you'll never see me <laughs> here again. And I was like, I don't even want the logbook. I left the logbook there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ugh. <sighs> Well, it was quite the experience. I'm very yeah, proud of you. Um, I was worried about you when I landed because I saw I you. I know. It was out. so sweet. The first thing you said was, is that my husband? Is he okay? Aww. It's like I heard that like when I was looking up at the sky and I was just like, my wife loves me. <laughs> well, yeah. Because Hunter like, just walked away and he's a firefighter. I was like, come I thought, on. I thought there were like paramedics surrounding you. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> But um, yeah, so we did that. And then I noticed something when after I did that experience, I have not been able to sleep. Like, I feel like the adrenaline never left my body. Wait, same. Yeah, it's I've had the worst night's sleep since that. And I remember I was so exhausted after that day and I was up all night. And like, I wasn't even like replaying it. It was just like a physical, like it felt like I just drank like a huge cup of coffee. Yes. And I had the same thing the night after. So then you had like some like trazodone or something that you like use for emergencies. I took like <laughs> one eighth of it. Like I was like, I'm just going to like take, cause I had to run with Ellie the next yeah. morning. I took so little that it should not have even. And I finally passed out. And so I got to sleep like for a couple hours, but ever since that jump, I've just, where's your know. phone? Do you have your phone? Yeah. This white one is, do you have, do you have the eight sleep on there? Oh yeah. Let's look at your score. My score while she's looking it up. 
We'll tell been, them about what Eight Sleep is. I think we did, but Eight Sleep is our our uh, mattress, our Tech Bro mattress, where it like tells us uh, it, it heats and cools to our preferences. It cured Danny's night sweats. We snuggle now, and it also like it's kind of like the Whoop, where it will like track your REM sleep and like you know how deep your sleep was. And I averaged guys like 90, 95% last week. And I wish that yeah. I could show the picture. It's a stark jump yeah. down. It's like 53%, 60%. Mine's and, 60 last night even. And the only thing I can think of was that I went skydiving. Yeah, it's been pretty bad since mine's like 70, 60, 56. It's nightmares. Bad. It's truly nightmares. Nightmares. But you're, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. So, you know, there was one time. Tell us. In South Padre. Oh, we know this story. <laughs> Tell us, babe. I think it might be connected. Okay. I think this might be a breakthrough moment for me. You've talked about this story a lot, so I think it's like no. actually really affected you. I've talked about it with you. I've never sold the podcast. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh. In South Padre, I was six years old. <laughs> no, he was 16. No, I was six. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was six years old. <laughs> I was wearing a sleeveless teal shirt and shorts that were like gym shorts they were teal i was i my parents took me and i think my brother was maybe one to south padre island in texas and if you guys remember i never went back so i've never been since okay. probably because of this experience but there you know the j bungee jumping for kids that like it's you're on a trampoline and they strap you into kind of yeah. like bungee cords on two sides and you just kind of jump and it just sort of like lets you jump higher and you're totally. so my parents i don't know if they made me or i volunteered but either way it turned out poorly i go into that experience and i'm jumping up and down and there's a giant crowd surrounding and my parents are clapping They're like Jordan. yeah my Jordan. parents are clapping You're so, are you scared i don't remember if i was scared okay so then what happened so then i see in the audience my parents face change and they go from <laughs> joyful to concerned <laughs> and the claps slow down and suddenly they stop the ride early and they unstrap me and i look down and I had peed my pants from the bungee jumping. And that scarred you for life. That scarred me for now life. you know how us pregnant women feel. Yeah. I peed my pants a little bit on the skydive. Just a little bit though. Yeah, I think I was also, uh, I, oh my gosh. I'm remembering something. What? I'm remembering the thought that I had before I jumped out of the plane. That you'd go potty? I was the truly... <laughs> The first thought that started circulating in my head was I was, I was like, what if I, what if I like go to the bathroom <laughs> around my new friends? <laughs> I swear to God, like, I swear that was honestly, I swear to you, that was the thought. That was the thought. Why would you do that? I, I remember now that was what I didn't happened. Even, like that did, that thought didn't even cross my mind. I, because I, Holy crap. I was wearing really? Divi green teal shorts, <laughs> just like in South Padre. It's all connected. This is like another spiritual warfare right here. I'm just shook that I, f that's why I had a panic attack. I was scared I was going to pee pee on my pants. You literally like recreated. 
and there's nowhere to go. I was like, man, like, cause like the way that the, the harness yeah. worked, it was like, they would see, oh my gosh. Okay. As much as I loved talking about this for 30 yeah, minutes. I, thank you for listening I guys. Like, like that was really helpful for me. Yeah. That story took you like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. So besides that, like how else is life? How was life before? How are you feeling? Life is good. Life's Any good. other updates? No. What are the updates with you? I just talked for like an hour. Um, honestly, let me look, look at my notes. Looks like you got I'm like, what is up? What is up with me? Who, what do what, I like to do? I? <laughs> what do I like? Um, uh-huh. so one thing I, we did yesterday, we got your skin checked. Yeah. Which was like very, that was, I was just saying that so we could remind people to get their skin checked because my brother apparently has skin cancer again on his face and your mom has had it on her neck, her face. So we did that. It was a very vulnerable thing for Jordan to do. He was very uncomfortable. Almost had another panic attack. No, I wasn't that bad. (laughs) I'm like pretty Um, comfortable naked. Yeah. I don't know. Besides that, I feel like things on the internet have been, um, Pretty good. I feel like, you know, I have, I don't, have you noticed this? I feel like we're not getting as much hate as we used to, which kind of makes me feel like maybe we're not like relevant, relevant. <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe we're like not doing things right because like we always get the most amount of hate whenever we're like killing it. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, it happens to everyone. It happens every time. Like, you know, that's whenever things like just they build you up, up just to tear you down. Yeah. So I feel like I'm like, hi, like where are my haters? Remember me? <laughs> yeah i mean no i maybe uh you know where i think it's at i think all the haters migrated to tiktok yeah they they hate me over there oh my god well no no no, not just your haters i think that they hate everything on tiktok yeah no they're definitely it's like a hate culture like it's it's a call out culture but i think i think people are smart enough now to take it with a grain of salt i don't think so i think it took like years for that to happen on instagram i feel like my audience I feel like they're they're savvy, they're smart. Like they don't believe everything that they hear, you know? Yeah, but I think platforms, like it takes time for platforms. It's like, it's like everyone knows that like, like fake news articles are on Facebook, but that took a long time for people yeah. to realize that. Like my mom's like, don't. Your mom was bought in my, on during my, COVID. <laughs> my mom was like, don't go to that scary uh, haunted house during Halloween. Someone got eaten alive there. <laughs> Like mom, who wrote, who posted the onion? Yeah. Like it's satire, mom. And yeah. no, this, I didn't tell you this. Tell me. My dad on his Facebook, because like we talk about Taylor Swift a lot. There was an edited photo of Taylor Swift with like a see-through shirt on, like her cleave. And my dad was like, oh my gosh, like look at Taylor Swift. Like she's totally changed. I'm like, dad, that is edited. Yeah. Like they had put her face on this like very provocative body. And I was like, oh god. That was that was I was in the car for that. I, I avoided that conversation. It was kind of a weird moment. I was like, he, my dad's like, can you believe Taylor Swift? And I was like, Dad, that's fake. Yeah. It was just scary that it, that generation. I still think that they just need to be skeptical. So anyway, I think it takes like it took like two years, maybe even like four years for Facebook to like realize it was fake news or yeah. people, and then like Instagram was like like had its own hate culture for a while. And I feel like that subsided. I honestly feel like TikTok is, it's just like going through its growing pains of that. But it is so toxic. We talked about this last time, but like it is so crazy toxic. It's entertaining. Is it? I don't even like to read the comments. It's extremely entertaining to scroll. Are you kidding? They like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the comments are just like this, like the submarine thing. 
Oh my gosh, y'all. I think, I mean, everyone's heard about the submarine and um, submarine that uh, imploded when it was going Ocean Gate, when they were going to check out the Titanic. But I think obviously it's really sad what happened and really scary what happened. But I think one of the scariest part about that whole situation is how desensitized people were to it and how because some of these people were billionaires like just treating it as a joke like these weren't real people that lost their family and like i i truly cannot imagine like the wife the wives logging onto the internet logging onto the internet and everyone's just like making jokes about it like it's it's truly not funny like it is a tragedy it's so and i'm not trying to be like a karen or something like i'm not trying to be you know, do, 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 like, I'm like, yeah, let's make jokes. Like, let's, you know, but this was just so sad. Yeah. Like, what happened? It was, and it was too much. It was just, and it's so normal to make jokes about it right now. Usually I feel like the dark humor, like meme culture, like there's a ton of like dark humor memes about like 9-11 and stuff, but that was yeah. like 10, you know, years ago. Right? right. And so I'm not saying that that's right either, but like usually meme culture will give like actual yeah. tragedies a minute, but like it was crazy to try and watch or to start to watch people capitalize on the narrative of like eat the rich and like capitalize on a tragedy to go viral. Well, cause people are like, well, it's their fault. They paid $250,000 to go. And I mean, you don't know these people, yeah. like you don't know what they're going through. You don't know like how are they were using their funds. Like maybe this, it doesn't even matter. Like these are just people right. and like, I don't know. It's just, that was really sad for me to see. And it was it, mostly it, on TikTok, right? And, and I think the reason it was so sad is because like, yes, of course you have those memes and you have those characters on TikTok where like, you're going to get the dark humor. But from what I saw, like I saw just like your everyday girl next door that posts outfits, like making jokes about it. Like that really? was, yes. And that's what was so like crazy to me. It was just like, like in reels or TikToks or what? TikToks mainly, TikToks mainly. So that would be like, like, like It'd be like you me making a TikTok and being like, about the submarine, my, like my wife, the day that she finds out that the ocean gate imploded and it's like, she's like dancing because she inherits all the money or something like, no, it was like very like normal people. And that's what I think really that's freaked disgusting. me out was that it truly shows that we are more desensitized and that's totally from social media, hundred percent just consuming so much and, and it feeling like it, things aren't real. Like, well, and also uh, being conditioned to this like whole trend going viral thing. So like as a creator, like, and I, I, I think if you're on that much of an autopilot and creating that content, well, cause it's you gonna really go viral if you're, if you're creating stuff about it, like, cause everybody's searching it. Yeah. But if you're like that, no, I know it's, it's crazy. That's crazy. Like you're brainwashed a little bit. Yeah. Ugh, that made me really sad. What made you happy this week? <laughs> God, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say, I mean, it was fun going to Pinehurst with the dads for Father's Day. Yeah. I don't know what's made me happy. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> this is why we're here. No, let me think. Um, what's made me happy this week? Stratton's so freaking cute right now. He's a, he's a doll. He's a doll. Stella, too, but like. He's a real big ham. He's a big ham. Um, I am kind of excited for our trip in L.A., Okay, I will say one thing that made me excited. There we go. Okay, so this this morning was the craziest morning morning of my life. Like, 
sorry, that was so exaggerated. It was not the craziest morning of my life at all. It was just it's very. Like I was here. What happened? No, it was not that crazy. Well, first of all, Jordan's eight sleep, our new mattress that we are truly obsessed with, um, started going off at five a.m. It the, vibrates, so it vibrates to wake you up, and it like seeped into my dream. So like in my dream, I was vibrating, and like it was just super annoying because. You got up at like 4.45. It woke me up at 5. Well, tell them the whole story. What did you dream? I told people in stories, but I had a dream that I was back in high school riding the bus to go to a track meet. It's always high school. With all my friends. And the girls in the back row were kicking my seat, aka the vibrating, just to mess with me. And my mom always told me, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> my mom always told me that like... To stick it to the bullies, you got to punch them. Yeah, like her mom daughter. Like if someone's bullying you, you don't even say anything. You just punch them right in the face. So my mom did that. So you have to understand, like, obviously it's a different generation, but my mom grew up like in like Hispanic culture and like, like the Hispanic, like she said at her school, like the Hispanics would hang out together, you know, different, they just had different groups. Yeah. And so when any type of group would come and like harass my mom, apparently they stole her basketball, my mom's basketball, like at PE. And my mom just walked up to the girl, but they were like, you know, my mom's like, Hey, can I have my ball back? And all the girls gotten around in a circle and were like, you know, what'd you say? Like, well, you know, trying to like fight with my mom and my mom just reeled back and punched this girl. Cause my mom <laughs> said that's what her dad taught her. So anyway, my mom always told me that, but like, I'm a totally different person than my mom. Like I would actually, that's not true. I would punch someone. I would get, I could never see it. it. They would have to be doing something like really, really bad, but I, I wouldn't fight someone like if they were kicking my seat. But anyway, in my dream, I was like, can we, can we pause for a second? In what context would you punch someone? I, I totally disagree. I could never see you punching someone. Um, like if they were messing with my kids, like if they, okay, yeah, like self-defense, if they pushed my kids or something, I would literally punch you as hard as I can. Like, okay. don't, even, that's fair. Don't even get me riled up. <laughs> like it, it would probably be defending my kids or defending someone that can't defend themselves. Okay. That's good. Like that's if they really were, you know, if a bunch of girls were like at the mall picking on somebody, but it would have to be physically picking on them. I, I don't think that you should result in violence. It, like you only use violence if you have to protect yourself. Danny Austin <laughs> condones violence. No, Generational I, sin. No, this is like, <laughs> passed down from this tornado. is like if the girls are kicking another girl, if they kick my yeah. daughter, if they push Stratton, I will. And I'm not saying I'll win the fight, but I will fight. Yeah, you're pretty strong though. No, I probably would win the fight. I'm also faster, so. You are very <laughs> I'll fast. I'll run away faster. Um, but anyway, so in my dream, these girls are picking on me and, you know, they're talking smack and I get up and I'm about to throw the first punch because I was like thinking like, this is what my mom would tell me to do. And then I woke up, but I woke up so like energized. Angry. Yeah. You like ran up to my office. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't lie right now. But I'm on um, my, she walks into my office at 4.45 a.m which I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm just on my knees praying for forgiveness for skydiving. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. but Wait, um, why'd you bring up the mattress? Because the vibrating. So that happened this morning. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I'm already kind of riled up. So then um, I go to my workout. I'm doing my workout. My workout's good. Um, I Something that made me happy this week was... Um, 
I got to work with my stylist for my trip. Cause I think my f- least favorite thing in life is packing. Yeah. I hate packing. I hate putting together outfits before a trip because I'm like, what am I going to feel like wearing? What's my hair going to look like? You know, it's just like so many unpredictable factors. And my stylist came over this morning to help me pack. And that was like the, I was like, Oh, thank the Lord for you. I just, I, cause today is so busy. I don't have time. Yeah. And we leave on Sunday and it's like, what? So we're leaving for LA and we're doing two podcasts there. Um, I won't tell y'all who, cause I don't know if I'm allowed to yet. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Wait, one of them. Two? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're I doing, got it. I'm doing got it. one podcast for somebody that like you guys probably definitely know of. That's like, she's kind of a big deal. Um, so she invited me to go on her podcast and then I invited someone that is also a pretty big deal to go on my podcast. Yeah. And then in between that we have, so we're meeting with rare beauty. We're meeting with uh, merit. We're meeting with, uh, uptime. We're meeting with like a lot of brands that I just love that we reached out to. Cause we're like, okay, if we're going to be there, like might as well make the yeah. trip useful. And then I'm doing like Divi meetings, Divi meetings. Unless, and so, unless Selena Gomez is there and then I'm, I'm there yeah. too. So I don't know. I feel like having her pack for me today, which I know is a total luxury and I'm just so thankful for it is just something I'm, I'm just, I feel blessed. Well, that's like, I mean, yeah. And I don't think it's like as bougie as it sounds because it's like, you know, with two kids, like all our whole life is just like about optimizing time so that like we have the bandwidth and time to like spend with our kids. And so it, like it's a blessing. It's a blessing in that sense. Like I, you know, just to kind of like, I know what you mean. I'm just trying to clarify. No, a hundred percent. Like if I didn't have her tonight, I would just be packing, putting yeah. together outfits because you know, part of a lot of the things that I do, like you have to look presentable. I mean, you look at me now, I don't care what I wear. Yeah. I don't care what I wear around my friends. I'm not like putting together outfits for like my personal life. It's typically so that I represent myself yeah. well for the brand or you know, like I'm a businesswoman when it comes to Divi. So I don't want to roll up in like a sweatshirt like I would for the Danny Austin yeah. brand. I think there's like, I, I I don't know if people find this interesting, but like the more I think about it, the more I realize like we're not actually that bougie. Like <laughs> who said we were bougie? No. Why did you say the word actually? Oh, I don't know. I just, I, I was thinking about it for like, it sounds bougie in my opinion for you to be like, Oh, I have a stylist. But like I was saying like, yeah. it's not actually bougie because I feel like most the, the misconception I feel like is like so many of the, you know, like luxuries is more about like getting time back than it is totally. about like the experience. Yeah. But that's definitely, I just thought that maybe it was just a realization yeah, for me, but still like it's such a blessing and yeah, I, a blessing. I love my girl. She's like literally, her name is Alex Cohen. Oh my God. I love her. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what's been going up on with me. We took Stella to ballet yesterday, oh my gosh. which, you know, Stella, I, it's interesting to see her develop and, um, it's, it's kind of making me question how we use, you know, social media around her or like we use yeah. our phones around her. Um, and because, you know, you can be on your phone whenever you have like, like Stratton, like he's just like, like he doesn't know yeah. what's going on. Um, but I do think we're very good about trying to put our phones down around Stella. But I think what I'm really thankful for is that we have a brand or we can talk about like things outside of our kids mm-hmm. and our content isn't just focused on our kids. It's like if Stella wants to come in a video and it's like very natural and like, but I, I'm starting to feel like, and I could be wrong. I don't know that Stella becomes more timid when the fo- camera is out. Yeah. 
And so I'm just trying to kind of process that and figure out like how I want to deal with that as a mom. I feel like I feel myself already like pulling out the camera less for her because I just, I just noticed that she kind of shuts down and I'm like, okay, well if that's how she is, like, I don't want her. But then it was weird because then we were coming home from ballet and she's like, I love pictures, mommy. I love video. Like, can you take a picture of me? Yeah. So anyway, like it's one of those things I just need to kind of, you know, figure it out. Yeah. Well, we, we've always talked about like, cause I feel like we get that question a lot from like real life friends and parents and stuff like that. They're like, Oh, like how do you treat social media with your kids? And I think that like what we've both been united on is like, well, I feel like they're too young to kind of know what's going on now, but if they start to show that they don't want to be a part of it, like we'll respect yeah, 100%. that. hundred percent. And I don't know. It's hard because I, I was trying to figure this out. Like, was yet like yesterday at ballet what, she just doesn't like to perform for anything like That's so she true. could be like like she told me she was like daddy I go potty and then i put her on the potty and then she's like can you go out like and she shut the door like an adult and i was like okay i'll give you your privacy wow. so she just doesn't like to perform in general so i was trying to figure out like was that about the camera or the fact that like she was doing ballet and that was like her moment? She didn't want mom and dad she does watching. She not like to perform at all. And that's why I feel like the camera exacerbates it almost yeah. like, because it, it actually is like one of those things where it's, you know, I say, Brenda, come here. Like Stella just uh, did a spin like from ballet and Stella she will won't. spin. She won't do it. Yeah. She will not perform. She gets very shy. And so, you know, it's something that like we have a good eye on it and like we want to obviously like, respect her title um but yeah well it was uh it was interesting so the the Devin and hunter were telling us that like a lot of tiktok families like won't show their kids anymore they were saying like matt on tiktok they're so freaking brutal yeah like matt she was saying that matt and abby don't show I their don't kids blame much. Them. i, I don't mean, blame them either if i started on tiktok i wouldn't either i just feel like my here's my only thing like my instagram following is so amazing like they're just the nicest people and i feel like they're so supportive you know you have the small subset of haters but overall i just feel so connected to them um but it's it is one of those things that um i feel i could go either way because i'm like okay well it's not like i'm depending on my children for like our success or anything like it's just honestly i feel like it's fun to go do things and to like kind of create this digital scrapbook of our family. And like my mom had our our camera in her face or in our faces, like all the time growing up. Of course, I know this is posted online. Yeah. Um, so I understand like the difference there, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Cause then you have like Stratton that's like a total ham and probably will be like, mom, record me jumping off this sofa. <laughs> Let me do a flip. Record this mom. Show them this. Like you just never know. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. I love them. Um, okay. So real quick, we're gonna take a little, little ad break. I'm excited to be partnering with Pura again on today's episode. We have a ton of Puras all throughout our house and it's extremely necessary with two babies and two dogs at home. Actually, Fun fact, I bought an extra Pura and I'm giving it away today in a giveaway. I haven't posted it yet. Oh, Pura is a smart fragrance diffuser where you can personalize every detail of your home scent- scenting experience from your phone. You can use the app to have the scent running all day on a schedule or set it on off mode when out of town. I love having it on a schedule so I never have to think about it. One of the, my favorite other things about it is all the amazing scents they have to offer. Pira partners with some of the top perfumers and luxury fragrance brands from around the world on their scents like Capri Blue 
Anthropology, Nest, New York, Homesick, and so many more. I have a really cool deal for y'all. You guys can get a free device, $44 value, if you subscribe to two fragrances using code free device DA. Sorry, it looks like device. That's funny. Free device DA. There are a limited number of devices, so make sure you take advantage of this opportunity ASAP. You can cancel your subscription anytime after six months. To get your free device, make sure you use the link in the podcast episode description plus my unique code, free device DA. The checkout page makes it super easy to add any two fragrances of your choice and it will automatically add the device to your cart. That's free device DA for a free smart fragrance diffuser when you subscribe to two fragrances. Excited for you guys to try and to add another one to your home. To note, the offer only works with the, with the link and code paired together. So make sure to click the link in the episode description. Thank I always you. love this. <laughs> you love it? Yeah. I think you do such a good job at them. Thank you, babe. Should I do my next one? Go. Okay. Today's episode of De-Influenced is brought to you by Natural Cycles. Similar to how I created Divi because of a personal need, which was going through my journey with hair loss, Dr. Elena Berglund, the CEO and co-founder of Natural Cycles, created her brand because she herself wanted a natural approach to birth control. Don't we all? I mean, birth control, the pills make me literally crazy. Yes. Dr. Berglund is a particle physicist who was on the team that won a Nobel Prize. I'm so thankful she created this product because hormonal birth control can come with tons of challenges. Amen. I've learned so much about women's bodies through using natural cycles for the past few years. A few things I've learned is that breastfeeding does not protect against pregnancy. You can be fertile. Well, I know that because I got pregnant when I still had milk coming out. Um, You can be fertile before your first period even returns. Women are only fertile five to seven days a month and hormones affect our body temperature. Natural Cycles is is great because it not only helps prevent pregnancy, but you can also use it to plan for pregnancy when ready. You can take or sink your temperature in the morning using the thermometer or an aura ring, depending on what your current goal is. It will tell you if you're, you should use protection or not based on your fertility status. A green day means you're not for, fertile and good to go. A red day means you're fertile and needs to use, you need to use another form of protection if preventing pregnancy. While I am currently using it to prevent pregnancy, if and when we are ready to have our third, we will switch to the planning option. I want to share my code for those who have been thinking about switching or getting on birth control. My code is Danny, D-A-N-I. D-A-N-I to get 20% off your annual subscription and a free thermometer. Natural Cycles is for those 18 and older and does not protect against STIs. You know what's one thing that is interesting about that? Yeah, can I ask you a question before I forget? Is it about Natural Cycles? Then Can I say what I Kind of. Okay. Um, You had mentioned that you got pregnant when there was milk still coming out. Yeah, can I say what I have to say first? Yeah, then, sure, sure. Because okay. it's like... Mine's relevant. more biology. Okay, so um, the thing with me, when I got pregnant... Pregnant. <laughs> when I got pregnant the second time, I knew that I could get pregnant the day that we did it. And I thought that you did too. <laughs> really? And so when you Oh no, I have no idea what's going on. What you did, I immediately knew I just got pregnant. 
which was not planned. So it wasn't one of those things where we were like really trying not to get pregnant. Cause obviously we hadn't even like, like we were like, if it happens, it happens, but we weren't like really trying not to. But I thought that you knew that cause I told you, I did tell you, but you thought in your head, you're like, uh, what's one time. Cause we've gotten pregnant um, on the first try each time. I don't think you told me. I did tell you. Can you show me the email where you disclosed this? I, I did not email it to you. I told you. And do you remember after you did that, I was so mad. Yeah, you're pissed. I was pissed because I told you, I go, you just got me pregnant, which obviously it's the best now and it's such a blessing and we're so thankful, but I'm just telling you that yeah. I was using natural cycles. So I knew that's why when I told you, I go, you just got me pregnant. You go, what? I, like, no, there's no way it, it, it worked again on this, the first try the second time. And I go, yes. I said, you just got me pregnant. I'm trying to think about my mindset in that moment. Did I know? You knew, but then you're like, Danny, there's no way that it's just going to happen again on the first try. You just, I remember, I remember. Did we have a little wine that night? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Oh, really? No. What was your, what was your thing? Your your question. Oh, um, my question was you had said that you got pregnant when you were still yeah, lactating. Hundred percent. I just had a question. Like, are you like like are you lactating now? No. Okay, so like there's nothing like that's no. not that's not possible right now. It's not that it's not possible because I was milk was still coming out like ten months after I had Stella. But like it it wasn't coming like out. Like lactation is connected to postpartum yeah i was postpartum 10 months out well yeah but the body kind of shuts it off so not for everyone like it, i still had you if you squeezed i still had milk coming out at right that's what I, that's what i'm asking is like now no i don't it's it dried up faster this time okay i don't know why that's just interesting like if i it's weird i dried up squeezed would yeah if honestly well. it when we got pregnant last time it if you would have yeah Right. You have to squeeze like a very certain type of way. Okay, yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I was just, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> want to know for the future. <laughs> he would like to know. It's a great question. <laughs> oh my gosh, I keep dropping things. Um, but no, I, you have to like really. Pe- girls know, like, you have to like. It's like a. It's like you're milking a cow. <laughs> so. <Got it. laughs> Not really. It's different, but there's a there's a t- technique. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Um, do you want to talk about something really interesting? Yeah. Um, do you have to go? Because it's 5.54 minutes. What time is it right now? Um, 11.40. Really? Yeah. Did you miss your call? Oh, I definitely missed my call. The question is, will I be late to my meeting? Probably. What's the last thing? The Forbes woman. You want to take it solo? I can take it solo. Yeah, female entrepreneur to female entrepreneur. Kind of scared. I mean, I don't really have... Okay, yeah. Jordan, you can go. Okay. Bye, guys. I love you so much. Stay stay good. Stay nice. Stay kind. Bye. <laughs> so just to end this episode, I thought I would talk about... So the Forbes... Okay, so Forbes had a special issue come out of America's Richest Self-Made Woman which I learned the other day that I say the word woman wrong because it's like woman and then woman. Anyway, um, let's talk about some of the most successful women 
in the business or just honestly in the world, just so everyone knows number 100. So in order to make it into this Forbes list, the least amount that you have to make it make to get into this list is 225 million. I guess that's what their worth is though. Maybe not how much like their, you know, income is. So Nancy Whiteman is worth 225 million. She lives in Boulder, Colorado, and she started cannabis edibles. So that's interesting because obviously the cannabis industry has exploded. And I remember when it exploded and everyone was like, invest in cannabis, invest in cannabis. Um, it's not legal here in Texas. Uh, I don't, I don't believe, I honestly don't even know, but, um, yeah, I guess that was smart for them. I do think cannabis is a great, you know, uh, way to treat pain. Like I know when my mom was going through her chemo, they started giving her some pretty like, uh, destructive, you know, opioid, like just stuff that she could get like easily addicted to, uh, for pain management. And, um, I did not love that for her. And so cannabis is a great way. I feel like to treat that pain, that's a more natural way, but I do feel like doctors never recommend that. I don't know, probably has something to do with big pharma, but who knows? Let's not get into that argument. So another person on this list, this is so interesting for my Swifties out there. Taylor Swift, I believe, let me make sure, beat Kylie Jenner this year and beat, let me make sure, was it, maybe she didn't beat Kim Kardashian. I believe that Taylor Swift beat Kylie Jenner. Oh, she did not beat Kim Kardashian. So Taylor Swift is number 34 out of this most successful 100 women. And Taylor Swift made 700, or no, she's worth 740 million. And her worth is continually increasing. Um, they say after this tour, she will be a billionaire, which is so wild that she is pretty much completely self-made. The only thing I know that, I mean, Taylor Swift had her parents behind her. And there's a story about when she lived in in uh, Nashville, when she released her first album, her dad went to like Walmart. And I don't know if this is totally true, but I feel like it is. It makes sense. Her dad went to Walmart and bought all of her CDs and just to like create that demand, um, which is really smart. So, but still like she, it says her self-made score is an eight out of 10. So she's pretty self-made and I would call her self-made considering she writes the majority of her songs. Um, so she's a smart girl in my opinion. So then you have Taylor Swift at 34 and then you have Kylie Jenner at 38 and she is worth 680 million and her worth is increasing. And hers is obviously from Kylie cosmetics, which is so interesting because she's only 25 years old. Um, it's hard for me to feel like she's totally self-made, but the one thing I'll say about the Kardashians is those girls are hard workers. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you like them or not. I mean, the amount that they do, that they launch the events, they have all these, like they are busy 24 seven. They're filming that show 24 seven. They have cameras and people around 24 seven and it's their work ethic is pretty amazing despite what you think. Um, so going back to the Kardashians, you have Kim Kardashian beat Sarah Blakely by 
person by one rank. Kim Kardashian's at 21, uh, spot number 21. She's worth 1.2 billion from her shapewear and her skincare. And then Sarah Blakely is at 1.1 billion with Spanx, um, which is also just so crazy. So Sarah Blakely, you know, started Spanx. She lives in Atlanta. Then you have Kim Kardashian who kind of created a more trendy version of Spanx that appeals to a younger demographic. Um, Spanx are everywhere. Like when I think now when people think of shapewear, at least if you're 30 or younger, you think of skims. Um, and so I feel like it is crazy that she kind of finally beat Sarah Blakely by, I mean, not that much, but still, um, we have Tori Birch at 24. She's worth 1 billion. Tori Birch and Kendra Scott are also just people that I really respect mainly because I think what they did is they created luxury at like an attainable price, which, um, they created a brand that feels luxury, even though it's not like Louis Vuitton or something. And I feel like that's really difficult to do. Um, you know, when I was growing up, the nicest thing I had were a pair of Tory Burch flats. Like, and that was like, I got them for my birthday. Like I was so scared to wear them because I didn't want to scratch a little emblem. Um, but Tory Burch and Kendra Scott have always just been like huge in, in my world and, um, just have the highest, highest demand, but they're still, they're, it's a price that you still feel like you can attain. I remember when I was younger, I thought to myself, I'll never own a designer bag. Like having something that is worth over a thousand dollars that you wear felt like a sin to me. Like it was like, there's no freaking way that will ever make sense in my life. Um, so I never even really considered those brands. Those were like the luxury brands were just like, whew. Um, so to me, like my fashion icons were like Kendra Scott, Tori Burch, uh, you know, Mark Jacobs was a little bit more attainable, Michael Kors, things like that. And so, um, they're just like genius women because I feel like they, they don't appeal to the masses, but they appeal to a lot of people. Um, so what I have always thought is interesting is, uh, until last year, Kendra Scott was usually worth more than Beyonce or Taylor Swift. And I used to tell people that all the time. I'm like, you guys, like when you are famous and you're creating music, like, yes, you obviously you become rich, you're successful, you're making so much money, but you're not making as much as like a business, like business, typically business is always, you know, greater. And so I always would tell people, I'm like, yeah, despite what you think though, Kendra Scott is worth more than Taylor Swift. And I remember there were like three or four years ago, I'd say Taylor, Kendra Scott, Kendra Scott is worth more than Taylor Swift and Beyonce combined. And she was at the time, but on this list, Still, Kendra Scott is at number 47 and Beyonce is at number 48. So she still is worth more than her. Uh, so, but Kendra Scott's at 550 million. Um, she's 50 years old, 49 years old, lives in Austin. I've seen her around Austin so many times. She's a doll. She's so generous. If she sees that you're wearing Kendra Scott, like out and about, she'll give you a gift card or free jewelry. Um, and then Beyonce is at 540 million. Um, she's 41 and then obviously they just bought that huge mansion, I think like on the beach in Los Angeles. Um, I think they bought, oh, I forgot how much the house was, but it was, whew, it was out there, but that's also because of her husband. Obviously he's a very successful dude as well. Um, you have Madonna at 580 million from her music. She's number 45. So she's beaten lots of people. Let's see, Dolly Parton at 59, she's 440 million. 
You have Reese Witherspoon, who's also a genius businesswoman. She's at 59 at 440 million as well. She's made it mainly through the entertainment industry. And then um, let's see if there's anybody else y'all would think. Oh, this one was interesting. Uh, forgive me if I say it wrong. Huda Katan, who she does Huda uh, Cosmetics, I believe, or it's like the makeup Huda Beauty. Huda Beauty, or I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. She lives in Dubai, and I could be wrong, but I feel like she was like an influencer at a time, and uh, her self-made scores in nine, which is crazy, and she came out with her own makeup line, like, and I think she marketed it over like social media and YouTube, I'm pretty sure, um, which is just so wild to me, but let me tell you guys like the number one, two, three per- people and what they do for a living because it's so interesting like okay so the number one girl diane Hendricks, is worth 15 billion dollars how what would you do with 15 billion dollars i don't know i don't even think i can dream that far i don't even know what i would want because honestly if you ask me right now if you gave me like a million dollars i'd be like they you know what do you want to do i'm like i just want to like go hang out with my kids like literally what do you do with $15 billion? It's a good question. Um, so she made her money through building supplies. Construction boomed in 2022 and pushed sales at Hendrix ABC Supply, which she owns up 25% to $18.5 billion. I'm literally shook. You have at number two, Judy Love worth $10.2 billion. Her source is through gas station. Gas stations, with plural. Um, her husband of 62 years, Tom, died in March of 2023. Her fortune now includes his half of Love's Travel Stops and Country Stores. The retailer the pair started together in 1964 with a $5,000 loan. So, no, she's not just inheriting his money. She also worked with him to start these things. Number three, this will be my last one, Judy Faulkner at $7.4 billion through healthcare software. It's always those things, y'all. It's pretty wild, but it's very inspiring. I love seeing women kill it. I love seeing moms kill it. Um, I hope that y'all do, too. This is something we should like celebrate these gals. Say, good job, sister. You're killing it. Um, so yeah, it's been 66 minutes. Jordan has left me. So I believe that I will go downstairs. And fun fact, I worked out this morning and I had like kind of a back-to-back morning. And so I never got to shower after my workout. I just put makeup on. So I think I'll go rinse off. <laughs> so I don't offend the people around me. Um So anyway, I would love for you guys to leave a review on Apple. Uh, You can, you know, rate us on Spotify. Uh, Make make sure that you check out Natural Cycles. Um, And shoot. (laughs) Make sure you check out Pura and Natural Cycles. And um, love you guys. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Bye.